Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, let's start at the border. The latest, David, is what? Well, there's a new court filing where the Biden administration uh, is talking about Title 42. And this is the health order that allows for federal authorities to more quickly process and push back uh, people claiming uh, asylum at the border trying to come across. Right. I mean, this is like the one this is kind of like putting dental floss on a gaping wound. Like, it, it, it doesn't hurt to have Title 42 in place. Not quite sure how much it's been helping. Well said. But, you know, but we do know that there are a lot of people on the other side of the border who are just waiting for Title 42 to end because they know that it's pretty much a free-for-all after that. Now, yeah. in the latest court filing, because it's, it's been the, – the lifting of this has been delayed temporarily by the Supreme Court, uh, the Biden administration is acknowledging – that lifting Title 42 will likely lead to a disruption and a temporary increase in unlawful border crossings. But they are still urging the uh, Supreme Court to let them drop Title 42, saying, well, it's an obsolete public health policy. (laughs) Yeah. But they're still trying to use it to their advantage. So they're asking As far as a pandemic goes. Right. So they're asking... To be able to start lifting Title 42 on December 27th. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> and is that, is that the way that's going to go legally? It could. I mean, that, that's right. just the case they are making right now, that we should still be able to lift Title 42. Santa's going to bring me citizenship. <laughs> okay, man. You know, when I see these kids across the border, I feel bad for them. They didn't ask for this. It's not their fault. They're kids. Or even, you know, when they do the sob stories of the moms that have traveled so far with a couple of kids, that's heartbreaking because they've been told for so long, yeah, all you got to do is make it there, get across the border, you'll go be reunited with maybe it's a relative or whoever. But legacy media never shows, and Fox just did this again, I think either yesterday or Monday, where you had all these people crossing, they were all adults, mostly male. That's what we've seen more than anything over the course of a year. But yeah, they emotionally manipulate people. Well, don't we want to help these poor moms and the kids? Well, of course. And I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and say, well, yes, I am trying to say this. Some of us care about these people like all year, all years, and give to organizations that help these people in well, crap whole countries, to be honest. Other people don't give a flip about it until they're emotionally manipulated by legacy media. And then Republicans are so mean, they don't want to let them in. Blah, blah, blah. Do you want to give 20 bucks a month to help families in these crap whole countries? Well, no. I've got Sunday brunch to go to. Yeah, the guys. With, you don't give a flip about it the guys, until it's on your doorstep. The guys with bags of fentanyl are hard to get on camera. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Sorry for the, the rant. They're, they're a little reluctant to be interviewed. Yeah. yeah. 
All, it is funny, though, to hear uh, liberals talking about how big, bad, mean Republicans want to keep people out of the border. Man, the same people who flipped out when a couple dozen migrants showed up on Martha's Vineyard. And they were like, okay, here's a bowl of soup. Here's an old sweater that my housekeeper left last summer. Uh, Now get the hell off my island. Thanks. Bye. Remember the the interviews of these people afterwards, how good it was for their soul? Oh, yeah. I mean, just insanity. (laughs) They're for like 18 hours. They did my soul good to help these people out. Yeah. As soon as we found out that we were going to get federal help get these people out of here, it was really rewarding to help them yeah. for a day. Very rewarding. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Seriously, yes. you know, if you got somebody that you're going to be dealing with over the holidays that brings this up, well, people just don't care. Are you giving any money to any organizations? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That help these people yep. all year round and have been doing it for years? What's that? You don't? Well, I guess you don't freaking care then. How about stepping up? Well, we need to get to the root causes to find out why people want to leave. Are you that dumb? You don't know why people don't want to leave? <laughs> you don't know what it's like in Guatemala? Read something. Get off Instagram for five freaking minutes. Do some education. All right, I'm done. I got to stop ranting. Maybe I just need to get this all out before the weekend. And we're all around Christmas cheer. Okay. Let's get to Rand Paul. You say he's had it with this dump. Oh, yeah. Well, it looks like this massive $2 trillion spending package will be passed. And uh, some conservatives, obviously, not big fans of this. Because, once again, we have a situation where everyone's supposed to vote on something that they don't know anything about. Uh, Oh, by the way, that whole, like, banning members of Congress from trading stocks. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's... Not going to make it into anything uh, in the current Congress. Uh, they're they're going to have to really, really go and uh, they're dotting I's and crossing T's. Okay, you understand. All right. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. We find out what's in this thing. We've got like tributes to Ukraine or something, yeah. some park. Yeah. We've got LGBTQ plus centers all over the place. We've got a Michelle Obama trail we need to fund. It's all this crap in this massive bill. But we just don't have time to get in that part where eh, members of Congress can't be trading stocks. No. I'm well, looking... then we're not voting on it. Yeah. Then well, it's a big no. Yeah. And so Rand Paul is wanting to have the clerk read all 4,000 pages of it out loud. He's wanting okay. to delay it and all that. And they're... All these people are saying, I can't believe he's trying to do that just before Christmas. And I'm like, well, one, that's the clerk's freaking job. And if you don't want the clerk to have to read 4,000 pages, then don't craft a 4,000-page bill and expect people to, you know, vote on it at the drop of a hat. On Um, the 21st of December. Right. What about Christmas? Right. Uh, But, you know, he's Senator Paul is one of the people that wants to highlight this whole charade. Uh, And here he is responding to the accusation that he and other uh, conservatives are going to hold up, quote-unquote, hold up this spending bill. Okay, roll it. The deadline for spending is September 30th. Every year, they didn't meet it. They were given 90 additional days. And last week, that deadline came, and they didn't meet it. They were given an additional week, and with that week mostly gone, they come forward and say, and then all of a sudden, it's conservatives' fault for blocking this? No. They know the rules. The rules of the Senate haven't changed. This is about us doing a special favor to the people who are bankrupting the country. 
They're in charge. They know the deadlines. It is all on them. These people I would not put in charge of a Minute Mart and three gas stations, <laughs> much less a $6 trillion economy. We make that point all the time. <laughs> right. It's so true. I am looking forward, though, to taking the family to Zelensky land, which will be opening <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, sure it will. Ben Stiller will be there to greet you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I didn't see this on CNN, but apparently the tap, Jake Tapper, I think you call him haircut number one. Yeah, he's the haircut. He's the first the original haircut, yeah. He mocked House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Republicans uh, because of the resistance to the $1.7 trillion spending bill. And he quotes the GOP Senator Kevin Kramer, you know, talking about what a lot of Rand Paul just had to say, saying statements like that and statements coming from House Republicans is the very reason that some Senate Republicans feel they probably should spare them from the burden of having to govern. (laughs) And so Tapper, likened Kevin McCarthy to the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz, said the reason that Senate Republicans are coming into this deal with the devil, in their view, is because they look at Kevin McCarthy and his gang of flying monkeys. Hmm. Wow. Hey, tap. Easy. Flying monkeys. That's dangerous speech right now. I just want to warn you that, the tap. Well, that could get people killed, Jamie. It absolutely could. Yeah. Yes. Dude, with a bill like this, I've heard different Republicans say, here's the problem, man. If there's a government shutdown, I mean, politically, that's going to hurt Republicans. Listen. Everything was on a tee for Republicans going into the midterms. And I know in a lot of ways, Republicans made gains, but nowhere near what it should have been. Stop spending money on stupid crap like what's in this bill. You don't vote for it. Have a backbone. Well, it might hurt us politically. (laughs) Give me a break with everything else. The world's falling apart. Do you see what's going on? Yeah. I I mean, I I just kind of take a step back. And again, when they're saying we might have to have a government shutdown where only, well, I mean, if there's a government shutdown, it means like 10% of the federal government is furloughed or something. Right. And and like you're talking about people who work for the Parks Department, things like that. Oh, no, some TSA employees might get furloughed. Do you know what's happened out there in the job market in the last three years? I'm sorry, but I'm not going to weep for any TSA agent who has to, I don't know, spend a month on the couch. Okay? It's ridiculous. I got but no what about sympathy. The flights? What about this? What about that? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Did you see what? I don't know. <laughs> Take the LGBTQ plus center and the Michelle Obama trail and all this other bull crap out of this <laughs> that you always try to pack in there and maybe... Something could get passed. But you do this all the time. We're not going to do it. You know, it sounds like a joke when you say the Michelle Obama trail. No, that's real. Yeah, that's, that's real. Georgia. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, it's going to pass. That, that's oh, yeah. the thing. The bill is yeah, going to pass because there aren't enough people who are, are willing to take the political risk because they're cowards and whores for the money. That's what it comes down to. Getting, You know what? Today's Wednesday. I'm getting all the ranting out today. All right. Okay, I can't promise that. Why no, promise just something? Say, don't do that. Okay. Oh, sad passing too. We should bring up uh, Franco Harris, NFL legend from the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. And first thing you think of when you think of Franco Harris is what? Immaculate reception. Yeah, immaculate reception. The ball touched the ground. By the way, I'm just going to say that. 
Uh oh. Um, all I think about is the Steelers beating the Cowboys in those two Super Bowls in the seventies, and as a little boy weeping, yeah, they beat him again. <laughs> okay, it wasn't that bad, but there might have been a tear shed as a young Cowboy fan. But man, the guy was—he was fantastic running back. Sad passing, especially they were going to have the big fifty-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. They were going to be doing the big tribute, mm-hmm. the whole bit. And still don't know. I haven't heard yet. The last I saw, they weren't sure about cause of death. He was 72. Yeah. You, anybody seen any updates no, on that? No. No. As soon as we know, we'll he pass that home. But don't know exactly no, why. Uh-uh. It was unexpected. Um, other news to get to. Oh, dude, remember a few years back, Wells Fargo in a bunch of trouble for what they were doing with their customers, charging a bunch of stuff? Yeah. Like all these added fees? It never stopped. Of course it they're, didn't. They're in trouble again. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here. Maybe you saw the news. Wells Fargo has agreed to pay a $3.7 billion deal with regulators to settle charges that it took advantage of customers on their auto loans, mortgages, and bank accounts. Uh Uh-oh. Boy, that seems very familiar. That's a record setter, by the Mm -hmm. way, the $3.7 billion. Um, Yes, this happened back in 2016. So you bring in a new CEO, and his job's to clean it up. Well, wait a second. You mean this is still going on? People had their cars wrongfully repossessed by Wells Fargo, and the bank took actions that resulted in borrowers wrongfully losing their homes? Wow. Mm. That's from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Said, yeah, I mean, this affected a lot of people. They were getting ripped off. There's all these charges and fees that were bogus. Should never have happened. And for some people... All of a sudden, well, all these fees, you can't make that car payment. Got to repo that baby. Golly. Um, The director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau said, Wells Fargo's rinse-repeat cycle of violating the law has harmed millions of American families. Well, yeah. So they are ordering ordering them to refund billions of dollars to consumers across the country. So apparently they're going to pay $2 billion to the customers, and they're also going to pay the $1.7 billion fine. You know, a lot of times we'll see repeat offenders with this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then you ask, why? Why didn't they clean it up? And you got to guess, because it didn't hurt them that bad the first time. Right. right. And nobody goes to jail for this stuff. That is what's so infuriating. And if you, you know, if you want me to bang my fist on the table, I can. Do you remember 2007 and 8? Do you remember Big O, Obama, and others? He's going to, people are going to be held accountable. Bankrupt people, bankrupting nations. We're going to make sure they are in jail. No one went to jail. No. Didn't happen. They always have buddies, and they pay people off. It's the way it goes. And this is where people feel powerless and pissed, and I understand. I mean, just imagine, though. I know that it sounds like a lot of these people are going to get their money back, but, I mean, if you've lost your house, you've already incurred expenses that you will never get back. You've been humiliated because a bank defrauded you. Dude, think about this. And I don't have, like, a picture of this just in my head. All right, you got a family of four. You got two kids. You got to tell them, yeah, we got to we got to leave the house. Why are we leaving our house? Yeah. 
and couldn't make the payment. What? And to find out, yeah, we were wrongfully charged. And what? Again, no one goes to jail for something like this. I doubt it. We'll wait and see. I mean, from the stories I've read, I haven't seen it. Eh, they're going to be going to jail. I mean, from a couple of weeks ago, Fox Business had a story. Former Wells Fargo exec ordered to pay $18.5 million over fake accounts scandal. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. They were opening up yep. accounts in order to meet quotas. Yes. So people were getting these random accounts that they didn't know existed. They never went and, and no one went to jail. No. If I There's... open up a credit card in your name, Jamie, I go to jail. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. <clears throat> David, when you and I opened the one in Scott's name and ran it up, yeah. that was just good-natured fun. Well, yeah, it was. Well, yeah. And... Well. But if, it, if it's not good-natured fun, <laughs> see, then you go to jail. That was a TikTok video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were talking about the omnibus bill and all the BS that's in this $1.7 trillion behemoth. And one of the things that I guess some people thought was a joke but is true is the Ukrainian Independence Park in D.C., David. Yeah, they're designating a Ukrainian Independence Park as part of this bill. They're, they're marking off uh, a little plot of land, 0.35 acres, uh, generally depicted as Ukrainian Independence Park on the map entitled Ukrainian Independence Park Proposed Boundary, as they uh, number it uh, later on in other documents. So nice, nice little park. Just in time for uh, Zelensky's visit to D.C. to beg for more money. Yes. Well, and uh, this is what I wonder, because when he's talked to Congress before, and I know this might be splitting hairs, but it's almost like he's not begging; he's demanding. Oh yeah, yeah he'll ask for forty-eight more. They're giving forty-eight billion. He'll probably ask for more. But That's you need guess. to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Not please. No. You know you need to do this. Listen, man, you're not in the position to be talking about needs. No. But he'll get it because of who's in charge. Well, if we open this park, will Putin invade it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a perv finally does time. That story much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Oh, we heard this story yesterday about Obamacare subsidies and what that means for the workforce. This is astounding. Yeah, it's not just that, but it's it's welfare or unemployment in general. Uh, yes. As we talk about, one of the problems that is out there right now is a low workforce participation rate, meaning the number of people who are actively seeking work or have work. Uh, and when you have a labor shortage like we're experiencing, a lot of people are wondering, like, what is going on? Is it people still not going back to uh, to work because of COVID, because of fears of COVID, uh, because of disabilities related to COVID or something else that may have happened? But a lot of it is uh, Obamacare subsidies and uh, generous, let's just put it that way, uh, benefits from the state. So there's well, a, able-bodied working males yeah. not working. Yeah, there, there's a nonprofit called Committee to Unleash Prosperity that looked at 14 states. Uh, unemployment benefits and Affordable Care Act subsidies for a family of four with two people not working amounts to about $80,000 a year in wages and benefits. Eighty grand. Yeah. Uh, it, when you look at the states of Washington, Massachusetts, and New Jersey, those benefits come out to about a, or actually a little over $100,000 a year all told, all combined. 
And, I mean, that obviously, if you start getting full-time employment, some of those benefits disappear. And so sure. if you can if you can make over $100,000 combined in benefits and then other, uh, like, supplemental income, things like that, I mean, why would you go back to work? What's the incentive to actually go back to work? Well, that's just that you have a bunch of people that you know won't go back to work. The fault is the government for setting it up this way. Oh, yeah. For people to do this. I mean, we could still look at people and say, you should go get a job. But at the same time, you also know people say, well, why? Yeah. Well, oh, exactly. Because if you can live comfortably and, like Scott has pointed out many times, there generally is no outward sense of shame associated Mm -hmm. with just living off of the government. Nope, not anymore. You're not a bum. You're not, you know, nobody, nobody's going to criticize you because, well, that's unloving. <laughs> and so now what's happening and <laughs> it's something incredible is with the border crisis that we've got right now, the Biden administration is going to start rolling out a new talking point, which is we need a pathway to citizenship for people here illegally because we got to get people out of the shadows and into the workforce. Unreal. <laughs> You know, and if you ask the question, okay, why would the government set it up this way, especially Democratic leaders? I mean, and you might sound like a kook to some people, but it comes back down to Marxism, doesn't it? Yeah, it's reliance on the state. Yeah. To give the leaders more power in the end. And it, That's what it's about. Yeah, if you're relying on the state, then you're more compliant. That, Absolutely. That's just basic human nature, yes. Yeah. But but the warning to everybody who is a, a champion of this is at some point the money actually does dry up. For all the people like Bernie Sanders who talk about Scandinavia and uh, other Western European countries that have generous welfare benefits that they pay out, do you not see the fight that they have every single year because the population is aging and there aren't enough young people, there aren't enough people being born in general to sort of restock the pond? And suddenly there's a huge, huge crunch when it comes time to start paying out medical benefits and other things because you're not, you have not set up a system that is requiring people to be productive. And then, of course, it, it all dies after that. Of course it does. <laughs> I mean, it, it's common sense. Oh, gosh, we could go down a rabbit hole there. We got yep. to move on. Robbins is chomping at the bit, too. He's got something interesting over there. I'm not quite even sure what it is. <laughs> I got good, but yeah. Every day at this time, we go around the table looking at all sorts of different stories. Uh, may not be the biggest story, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? Remember last year, there was this big protest and counter-protest. Antifa showed up and whatnot over this convicted sex offender who exposed himself at a spa in Los Angeles, the Wee Spa. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Remember that lady? And, yeah. And the whole well, of thing Of course, is, man. He, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. He claimed he was a woman. He is, again, twice convicted sex offender. He's on the, like, what do they call it? It's the tier one sex offender on the registry. Right. Um, but it, but if you complained about it, you were transphobic. No, the guy's a perv. Okay, period, the end. Uh, he walked into the uh, women's only part of the spa and exposed himself to several women and a minor while naked. And while he was walking around, he was, um, I'm just going to tell you, this is from the police report, partially erect. It, it, it was a sexual thrill for this guy. Yes. And liberals defended him. 
<laughs> Don't call us scammers. Dude, it's crazy. It, uh, it was totally crazy. Man. Yeah. And so remember, it became this big controversy because the media claimed that anyone who had a problem with a registered sex offender walking around naked in front of children was transphobic. Now, well, you had that lady that went to the front desk. Yeah. No, that's like to complain. top 10 audio of all time. Yes. Because it wasn't like she was planning this. No, 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 no. A lot no, of people no. were like, well, this was staged. It wasn't staged. No. She just couldn't believe what she was seeing. What sexual orientation? I see a d It lets me know he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, the person that was working there said sexual orientation, yeah. and she wasn't having it. Well, well, suddenly national media just sort of let that story drop off the radar because actually the cops were saying, oh, yeah, sex offender. We're, we actually want to bring this guy in. Uh, right. And he's been on the run for more than a year, but he's been arrested. This is uh, Darren uh, Marriger uh, has been charged now with five felony counts of indecent exposure for these incidents, including the We Spa incident where he exposed himself to several women, including an underage girl. Yeah. You know what he's doing now? What's that? Well, I identify as female. I want to be with the females <laughs> right. in jail. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, is he really? Yes. Are you? Okay. Yes. Of course he is. Of course. And he'll be allowed. Yeah, the rest of, or at least a few clips from that audio, too. That woman that was throwing a fit. Oh, it, oh man. There's no such thing as transgender. He has a <laughs> Okay? He has a penis. He has penis is <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Jeez. She's so authentic. It's so great. Well, and this was the last part of it. I remember saving this clip because I... I thought at the time she has said everything in about seven seconds i have a right to feel comfortable yes. without a man yes. exposing himself okay no you go somewhere else yeah you go somewhere else yeah i don't deserve to be comfortable here no you're transphobic no that's ridiculous right guy walking around with a halfy whatever you want to call it <laughs> and there are women that feel uncomfortable you can't friggin' understand that are you crazy? Walking around with a happy. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> What's your story today, Rob? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I've never heard that term. <laughs> says everything, doesn't it? I know. I'll tell you exactly what David <laughs> described it in scientific terms. <laughs> I love that. Okay, uh, my story takes place in France today. Guy goes to the emergency room. Apparently, he loaded a World War I-era artillery shell into his rectum on purpose. Oh, golly. And it was agitating him at some point to the point where he had to go to the hospital. They cleared the hospital, brought in the bomb squad to get this thing out. No. Yes. To get it out of his rectum. It damn near killed him. Wow. Unfreaking believable, isn't it? I mean, listen. Everybody's heard of explosive diarrhea, but come on, man. <laughs> Listen, I He's going to be go fine. They got it out, and, and the, the bomb did not go off. Uh, he's going to be sidelined for a few days, though. He ain't going to be riding any horses or anytime soon, either. Wow, man. I saw one, okay. of the, one of the quotes from the hospital staff that says, yeah, we're, we're, we're used to finding things up there. You know, the usual yeah. stuff, like tangerines. Tangerines. Right, that's usual. You know, there's easier way to get juice in the morning, right? 
Well, when he was in the shower and fell on it, one in a million shot, right? (laughs) Okay. This is probably an off-air conversation. Okay. We contribute to each other for the whole show and then the different segments within the show. Right. Okay. All right. I'm not asking all the time for you to contribute to Nimrods in the news that comes later, but man, oh man, that seems like you're saving that story for the solo project. You could have offered that one up for Nimrods. I just got it today. I just got it today. All right. But I thought, well, no, I'll keep this one for this solo project. (laughs) Redefines redefines the term trench warfare. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They just ride themselves, don't they, after a while? All quiet on the rectum front. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> All right, I feel like it's the 1978 tour, and Van Halen just played more Black Sabbath. We got to follow it. <laughs> okay, I can't follow that story. Sure, you can. Well, I just happened to see this at Fox News. I didn't know this, but apparently, John Oliver. Amy Schumer and other comedians have signed a pledge to commit to improving diversity. Be funny. How about just be funny? This is what's hilarious to me. Uh, You've got what? Amber Ruffin, Charlemagne, the God, Samantha B, Trevor Noah, all appearing in a lengthy pledge from the Writers Guild of America East and West to push for more diversity behind the scenes of television shows. So they're going through this whole thing as host, showrunners, executive producers, and head writers of late night and comedy variety television. We commit to improving diversity, equity, and inclusion in our industry, not only as a matter of social justice, but with the understanding that the continued vitality and relevance of our work is dependent on hiring, empowering, retaining, developing, and promoting diverse talent. Okay, I understand that's woke corporate speak. What does that mean? David, in just that, regular terms. That means please think we're relevant again. I mean, seriously, at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you should be hiring the people who can write jokes, regardless of their skin color. And, I mean, look, the thing is with Trevor Noah, I mean, in particular, you know, he just left The Daily Show. Keep hearing how he's like this icon of late night television and whatnot. Dude, he walked into that show with a built-in audience of about a million and a half viewers every night, he left with under 400,000. He destroyed this show. This is my whole point to the story, is that you had a diversity hire in Trevor Noah. Yeah. And look what that got you. How about hire the best people, the funniest people, whoever that might be? Who is the most iconic comedian of our generation? Or the current generation, I should say. Dave Chappelle. Yes. Yeah, easily, Dave Chappelle. Why, do you think anybody listens to Dave Chappelle or watches the stand-up because he's black? No, there are plenty of black comedians that aren't funny. People don't watch him. They watch Dave Chappelle because he's funny. Yeah. (laughs) My goodness, man. Yeah. So, yes, they're talking about how we just have to reflect the racial diversity of our country and audience. Are you kidding me? In so many different shows, you're talking about overrepresentation with so many different people. I mean, you see it all the time. It's just ridiculous. And the diversity is what makes us great. Yeah, I know. I've heard that one, too. Is there any bigger line of BS than that? Oh, Greatness makes you great. 
And if you have diversity along with it, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think about some of the – did anybody say, you know what? You know what made the Chicago Bulls of the 90s probably your favorite team of all time, Scott? Great. Mm -hmm. The diversity on the team. Right. (laughs) No! (laughs) That wasn't it. If John Paxson wasn't there, well – he did knock down that big three. He did, yeah. And I guess Steve Kerr knocked down the other one. That's right. Like they couldn't have found another guy to Got knock down the three. open shot Yeah, when, you're... when you got Pippen and Jordan creating. Yeah. Anyway, it's just absolute nonsense. So that's my story for today. Nothing in the butt in any of my stories. <laughs> like you, Scott. All right. <laughs> uh, oh, did you see this book that's coming out that tells the tales behind the scenes of the White House and how Biden said Kamala was a work in progress? Get to that and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Oh, I mean, I would just say, hey, Joe. <laughs> Instead of saying no, we can't, let's say yes, we can. (laughs) (laughs) They work so well together. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, you mean they don't? Well, no, uh, there's a new book. It's, you know, it's inside politics, uh, all that, but it's still kind of funny. Uh, In the first months of his presidency, Joe Biden vented his frustration about Vice President Kamala Harris telling a friend she was a, quote, work in progress. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Racist. Word got back to Biden that second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, had been complaining about Harris's policy portfolio (laughs) because it's hurting me politically. And Biden was annoyed. He said, I didn't ask Harris to do anything I haven't done as vice president. Quit whining. Which, honestly, that is kind of true. They they seem to be upset about not getting really, like, headline-grabbing assignments as vice president. And then... He put her in charge of the border, and then she ran away from that. Yeah. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't like that at the time. I remember hearing that. I mean, so how is it that a 58-year-old woman who is supposedly the most qualified person to be the vice president of the United States of America yeah. is a work in progress? Well, I just broke news. (laughs) I don't know. We all knew it before (laughs) she was ever picked to be VP. That was a box checker. He said it. So I'm going to narrow the list. It has to be a black female, right? Yep. So he's looking, and it was down to her and Stacey Abrams, if I remember right. Okay, good luck. Yeah. (laughs) That was the whole deal. So apparently Biden and then... The is it second hubby? Is that what yeah. they call him? The second Doug Emhoff. Gentleman. Yes, Doug Biden Emhoff. saying, "Hey Emhoff, you can off." Yeah, apparently. Oh, interesting. Man, oh man, we. I mean, there's so many in one year from Kamala Harris. Goodness, a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> <laughs> one after another, after another. Man, we have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been. And then to make the possible. What? Ah. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The 
Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, you may have seen what happened at the border with the Texas National Guard troops holding rifles. Yeah. You know, it's hard to believe when I watch all this. What's really hard to believe is the border's closed. <laughs> yeah, the border's That's closed. what the White House said. Yeah, yeah, the White House has been telling us that for months now. Just reiterated it the other day. I, I don't understand. Why do we need National Guard down there? It's closed. Okay, so we've had over four and now some reports over five million people yeah. come across illegally within the last couple of years. Yes. Um, but still, all these thousands of people that are waiting to come in now, they were told wrong. That's right. Yeah. That the border's closed. Yeah, and it's actually because uh, the, the new line is because Republicans have been saying that the border is clearly open. So right. noticing the open border and talking about it is what fuels the migrant crisis, according to the White House now. Okay, so early in 2021, when you had all of the people ready to cross into the United States illegally that were wearing the Biden T-shirts. Yeah that somehow they were prophets and knew in the future that Republicans would say, we have an open border down there. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Okay. Now, it's something that is, is uh, it's a little-known fact. This is a Snapple fact about people from Guatemala, is that they can also see the future. Wow. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. I did not. I learned something every day on this show. Uh, so people have been calling for... Texas Governor Greg Abbott to do this a long time ago. Get, get your National Guard down there, something, right? And so I see CBS News cover this, okay? And if you want to play along with a little exercise, I got a couple of clips to play. I would love to know what your reaction would be, David, Scott. Let's say you're already on your Christmas break and the news comes on and you're with some relatives that only get their news from, say, CNN. NBC, you know, New York Times, whatever, and they see this report, just curious how you might correct them from what's, you know, what's really going on and what's been happening over the last couple of years. Um, we start with, this is Omar Villafranca, he, and he's painting the scene that's going on right now. A dramatic scene on Texas's U.S.-Mexico border. Before sunrise, Texas National Guard troops arrived to put a razor wire fence alongside the banks of the Rio Grande. Texas Governor Greg Abbott sending 400 more National Guard troops to the El Paso border in an attempt to block the flow of migrants into the U.S. Okay. Yeah. Well, so far? Yeah. All right. They're getting a little bullhorn every once in a while and telling people, you can't be here. You being here on this side is illegal. You need to move on. And they're telling them to go to different points of entry. But what we found out when they're going to other points of entry, Customs and Border Patrol is not letting anybody in. Okay, let's say that one of the relatives says, well, that doesn't seem right. That's kind of mean. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, I say that their job is to direct them to a port of entry. So if they are making an asylum claim, that's where they can make it. And right now, there are some people who are not allowed in. And that's one of the reasons why people wind up just kind of coming in anyway. <laughs> Through alternate means. Well, why don't we let them in? Well, because we don't know who they are. Right. We will let them in. I mean, it, we will well, that doesn't sound like America. I mean, that it doesn't sound like the America. Statue of, the, of Liberty. Yeah. 
But Before I, I let somebody in, I have to know why they're coming to my house and what they plan on doing when they get there. Mass immigration is actually a fairly new thing, as we've, yes. as we, we've seen in the United States. Yeah, it's reasonable. It's the law, actually. Yeah, but see, these people, they they saw that it was open before. I mean, that's in the report. This was one of the border crossings a week ago. This is what it looks like tonight. A line of Humvees, armed soldiers, and Texas state troopers. Thousands of migrants have crossed this area in the last few days. Hmm. Well, well, see, if you had a lot of people walking into your house, you would probably wind up locking that deadbolt. Yep. Yes. And at some point, I don't know, it's like you have to remind people, you realize that's breaking the law. Right, it's illegal. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. That's what always cracked me up about, you know, especially during the Trump administration, hearing these sob stories about so-and-so got arrested and then they got deported. And their only crime was that they were undocumented. Like, that's actually a crime. You realize that, right? Like, that... That's like saying grandma can't go to Macy's anymore, and her only crime was she was shoplifting jewelry. <laughs> yes. Right. You know what happens to other people? You do that in other countries? Right. Oh, yeah. You're a crap load of trouble. Mm. Okay. So now get ready. Um, and it's not that you don't have a heart for people. You do. But, man, does legacy media... Use the emotional manipulation on the audience. Roll it. Meanwhile, in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, 27-year-old Yanisi Martinez and her three children wait to cross the border. They have been traveling for three months from Venezuela. They would give us the opportunity to come in, she says, only to put up a fence instead. Her three-year-old daughter is sick in her arms. You get us to see the President Biden. She hopes to get to her brother in North Carolina. I asked her what did she want to tell President Biden, and she said that she just wants a chance to get inside. What do you say to that? That hearing those stories is heartbreaking and infuriating because she was told that she would be able to get in because she's seen footage of a lot of people yep. crossing the border. She should never have made that trip. Biden is responsible for that. I am sick to my stomach that her three-year-old little girl is sick. Yes. They should not be there. And if Joe Biden would actually do his job, they wouldn't be in that position. No. As far as like the, what, what was it, the final tally for the fiscal year in terms of deaths at the border? Was it close to 800? Yes. Something like that. Kids all of drowning. those deaths, all of those deaths are on Joe Biden. All of them. Agree. And that's the thing, man. And as far as the answer for the single moms with kids, do what you can to help them. But you never see legacy media just talk to all the single males that want to come through. Right. Are we to that's believe... only conservative media that does that. Yeah, are we to believe this is representative of what's actually going on, that there's just a bunch of single women holding it's their not. babies? No, it's not. And even then, honestly... You can't have the policy of letting the single mom with her kids in because we also know that is absolutely a tactic that human traffickers make. They just pair up kids with random women mm -hmm. to send them over. Not all the time. And in this case, it, that may be a, a mother with her children, with her actual children. And best case scenario, that's what it is. You should not encourage that trip. You should not encourage a mom to pack up and walk for three months with a three-year-old Correct. To the southern border. You should not do that. You can't let her in.
You know what else I would do? You tell me. There's probably a reason this isn't feasible. That's when you put the word out. Hey, all of you faith-based groups out there that want to help out the needy, and a lot of you do a lot of different things, okay? Uh, Over the next uh, few weeks, maybe even months, we need you down here at the border. We're going to let you right where these migrants have their tents. Ask for money, bring food, help them get to wherever they're going, whatever they need to do, help them any way you can. We need you now. I will bet you anything, you will have thousands of people down there to help as much as they possibly can. They will do it. I don't know how many of them will be on the far left because stats tell us those people don't give much to charity or really put their money where their mouth is. But the faith-based groups would be there to help. But they would never do that. Why not? If if your goal is to help people. There's no political gain there, though. But it's about the people, isn't it? No, of course not. Of course no, not. No, it's about politics. It's about likes on Facebook. That's it. All right, more on that a little bit later. Okay, what is our top priority right now, according to Mitch McConnell? Well, I, I okay. Is this true? <clears throat> no, I don't think he really. This has been misconstrued a little bit. Okay. Um, we look, we've got this massive two trillion dollar spending package. It's going to be passed. A uh, whole lot of crazy woke stuff in there. Forty five billion dollars for Ukraine. All that stuff. Now, the top Republican in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, said, well, I'm proud of this bill. Well, the Democratic Congress and the Democratic president, we can get some of our priorities funded in this one. You could barely hear the June bug, because I think the June bug that's been stuck in his throat since 1982 is is a little embarrassed by this. This is why I call him, you know, June bug McConnell, because it looks like he accidentally inhaled a June bug, and he's always surprised by it. Like, I'm very proud of this. That's my June bug acting up. His name is Clarence. We've been pals since 1982. <laughs> now, okay. Now, this is the clip that's been making the rounds, and I do think that uh, there are some in conservative media who are passing along fake news by saying this is what Mitch McConnell actually was getting at. Okay. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now. Yeah, so that sounds pretty bad, right? Number one priority is funding the the Ukrainians to fight against the Russians. But the longer version of the clip, it's pretty clear to me at least, he's talking about military funding in general, and he's making that case again today. Okay. Making sure the Defense Department can deal <clears throat> with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the th- challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. <laughs> old turtle. Come well, on, and that's why we have to spend money on the Michelle Obama trail in Georgia. It's a national security issue. How about this? We're not giving another penny to Ukraine until we secure our own border. Yeah. Period. The end. What's wrong with that? Well, considering there's, what, four or five other countries where we are giving them money to secure their borders? Middle East, yeah, we're doing out a few million dollars. That's in the bill. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's nothing about wall, nothing about finishing (laughs) it. It's friggin' nuts, dude. It is. I'm going to freak out. Somebody explain that to me. How? Okay, good talk. The omnibus bill, which which runs on clean energy. (laughs) Can that guy grow a pair and just say, no, we're not doing it? 
Do you see what's going on at the border? And then he can say, do you not care about that single mom and her kids and the sick kid yeah. in her arms? Jeez, man. All right, real quick. Oh, my gosh. An airline sent a family dog to Saudi Arabia? Dude. Instead of Nashville? Really? Yeah. So there's a lady named Madison Miller just moved to Nashville from London. She has a dog named Bluebell. In the process of moving, the airline sent their dog to the wrong country. Uh, she spoke to WSMV-TV about this. Whoa. I had months of nerves about sending her on this plane. I'd read so many horror stories. They said that she wasn't in Nashville and that their best guess was that she was in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, once we knew she was in Saudi Arabia, it was just all hands on deck. How do we get her back? <laughs> so they get the dog back. But now the dog has severe, like, separation anxiety. I bet. And oh, yeah. will, like, chew through doors if she's left alone in a room. Because, well, she was on a flight for 63 hours. Holy smokes, man. Wow. I mean, I'm always trying to look at the silver lining. It, it, dog's going to be okay? Mm -hmm. At least the dog didn't get shipped to China, okay? Yes, yeah. I reckon it tastes pretty good to me. Could have been worse, man. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I know it's not ideal. Right. But this, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Anyway. All right, much more to get to. <laughs> David, I'm looking forward to this story. The FBI dodged a bullet with the January 6th committee. Uh, we'll dive into that a bit and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Let's talk FBI, David. Yeah, there was another very rare but uh, another moment of clarity on MSNBC yesterday. They were breaking Whoa. down the report from the January 6th committee uh, because something that's seriously lacking in any real or is any real look at the law enforcement response or the lack of preparation. I mean, we were talking about it several days beforehand going, oh, my gosh. I mean, wait, the National Guard's going to be there, but they're not going to have guns and they're going to be doing traffic duty. Like, regardless of what whatever was going on with the Stop the Steal rally, uh, you've got a joint session of Congress right now that's about to meet all in one place. Boy, it seems like you'd want to actually put up some barricades and, I don't know, have some real law enforcement there just in yes, case, right? Because absolutely. You've, you've done the that before. There were, there were already threats out there people knew of. Right. Ryan Riley covers the Justice Department for MSNBC and had this to say. Okay. Well, you know, for the FBI, it's sort of a, a little bit of a dodged bullet, right? Like they're not getting the scrutiny that uh, they were expected to necessarily uh, get. And, you know, this isn't something that covering uh, the FBI that, you know, get, wins you any particular brownie points when you're talking about these intelligence failures. But it really was this big intelligence failure um, on the scale of 9-11 um, in terms of, you know, the failures of all the intelligence they had. Hold on. No, not hold on, on the scale on. of 9-11, but. Buildings didn't get blown up, dude. 3,000 people didn't die. Stop the comparison. Well, that, like a fool. That, and also, I wasn't able to read about uh, radical Islamic terrorists planning to fly planes into buildings. I mean, you <laughs> yes, didn't have to you. look very hard to know that there were some people who were up to no good in that crowd. Absolutely. Right. You know, the failures of all the intelligence they had, and it's something that's constantly come up in these January 6th cases I've been been covering, all the intelligence they had ahead of January 6th. And the way the committee is sort of running around it um, and trying to write around it has really been, I think, surprising. Well, here's the thing, man. Because <laughs> there was certainly evidence of what the FBI did in Michigan with the <laughs> failed capture of the governor there, yes. Whitmer. Okay? Th that story 
I guess really didn't get covered legacy media. The FBI was a part of planning that. They planned it to see how many dopes would be involved. And there are enough well, crumbs of evidence to suggest the same thing happened with January 6th. We see everything the FBI did with Twitter in the lead up to the 2020 election and how they stifled the flow of information. They were controlling information to the citizens of the United States. Mm -hmm. So are we going to put it past them for being involved in planning whatever it was on January 6th? They dodged that bullet, too. Yeah. Well, it's not all that surprising that the January 6th committee wouldn't touch it because they this was all about Trump, 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 Trump. Of course. Uh, there is an inspector general investigation going on, and a report is due sometime in the somewhat near future, I believe, which actually will be more illuminating, I promise you. But I also promise you national media will not cover it at all. Right, because it's propaganda. Yeah. They prove it every day. Yep. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day today, David. Oh, man, there's a lot. I mean, there's the battle at the border that's going on. I mean, you got the Texas National Guard showing up right now with rifles, and then they're in Humvees, and some liberals are wetting their pants because, but we missed your liberty. Yeah, you got right. that going on. Uh, you got Republicans about to sell out their constituents yet again by signing on to this funding bill, this $2 trillion spending plan yeah. uh, that funds a whole lot of stuff that, to my eye, does not really need to be funded by the government. But here we are. I, I cannot understand that. Why they're going to sign it anyway. We can get into that. There's much more to get into. Oh, and TikTok. An official squirms. The audio. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp's the millennial. And the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Um... So a TikTok official is being asked about what in this story, David? Oh, about uh, Chinese concentration camps. Oh! Yeah, because that's a, obviously a, a big deal that's happening in China, even though we don't really talk about it all that much here in the United States because, well, we need the Chinese cash and we don't want to rock the boat too much. But right. I am always glad whenever I see someone in legacy media or mainstream media willing to actually talk about it. Uh, especially now because U.S. officials are looking at banning the Chinese spy app TikTok, at least starting with banning the app from government devices. Uh, CNN's Jake Tapper did an interview with TikTok's head of policy, Michael Beckerman, and it got a little uncomfortable when he was asked about the concentra uh, concentration camps that China's running. Oh, tap. Okay. The haircut. The original haircut. Roll it. Do you acknowledge that the Chinese government has these Uyghurs and others in concentration camps? Look, that's not something that I, that I focus on, but I can tell you that for content moderation is done from the United States. We do not censor content on behalf of any government. Mm -hmm. um, you can just go on the app and, and look, and there's, there's, been, there's been plenty of content what on TikTok. What do you mean it's not something you focus on? You work for a Chinese government company, and the Chinese are accused of concentration camps and ethnic there's, genocide. You can, you, can look, you can find all this content on TikTok. But why won't, you, TikTok. why won't you acknowledge <laughs> The content of the concentration camps? Are you just staying to your talking points? Are you answering the question that Tapper's actually asking? Sticking to the, sticking to the talking points because this guy yes. is like, it's listen, okay? You know what a severance package is when you're in bed with the Chinese government? The yeah. thing that gets severed is your neck. Arteries. Yeah. Yeah, the Uyghurs are putting TikTok videos up of them dancing to YMCA. <laughs> 
Wow. That, I mean, I, I, I can, I'm, I'm just not I'm just not an expert on what's happening in China. So it's not an area that I'm, I'm focusing really? on. But I, you can look on the app and you'll find plenty of content about that as well. It's not something that we censor. It's not. I'm not an expert on immigration, but I can tell you we got an immigration problem yeah, right. at the southern border, bro. It's not something that we censor. It's not something that we, we draw back. All of that, those decisions are made from the United States. Well, a viewer might see this and think this guy won't even acknowledge that the Chinese are committing genocide against their own people. Why, you know, they, they, they would probably interpret that to be like you're afraid of being fired if you acknowledge that. That and that's Jake. That's not that's not that's not accurate and that's not fair. But I'm just do you disagree that that's what people how people are going to interpret it? I mean, that's well, I, I can see how that's your you're interpreting it. <laughs> oh goodness, man. When you're a spokesperson, um, I've known a few people that have gone into that line of work, and it seems like, man, the pay is going to be pretty good. There's a few perks, and there's always this fear, like, I'm just afraid I'm like going to sell my soul or something. Yeah. Well, depending on the company, you might. That's a great example of it right oh, there yeah. because you got to stick to the company line no matter what. I mean, you, this... have to be, you, have to, you have to be morally bankrupt to do that gig. Yes, I mean, in a lot of ways, yes. 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 Yeah, you have to lie for a living. Absolutely. In, a, in most cases, I would say. Am I not thinking that through, David? Well, I, I mean, I don't know in general PR and whatnot, but I think if you are in bed with the Chinese Communist government, yes, absolutely, you have to be morally bankrupt. Because this guy's out there saying, well, no, we support free speech on TikTok, and you can see all this content about something that I'm not actually going to say on the record. The thing <laughs> that you just mentioned, Jake, okay? <laughs> we believe in free speech, okay? We are totally independent from our Chinese government overlords, okay? Totally independent. And that's why there is that content about that thing, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that well, 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 you say that thing. What is that thing? That's genocide against Muslims and and, and other ethnic minorities in in China. Will you actually say well, that thing? You can read about and see videos about on TikTok. Wow, cowards! Yes, man. Golly. it's it's the it's the uh, say a nonprofit. Yeah, you're a spokesperson. Doesn't mean you're morally bankrupt. I knew there was something there. Well, I'm like, no. man, this seems broad. But I know exactly yeah, what you, know you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, you got to go up and do that, or you got to be a press secretary for the press. I mean, you know. Yeah, good luck with that. Check your conscience and morals at the door. All right. Oh, get ready. Masks. Bring them back. Yeah. No. No, New no, no. New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, Passaic no. Public School District has reinstated its mask mandate because of rising COVID-19 cases. Now, the funny thing is, uh, and I've, I've heard comments from uh, friends and listeners in New Jersey reacting to this story, saying, well, wait, I can go pretty much anywhere in this town without having to wear a mask, but the kids have to? Well, yeah, because the kids don't vote. That's, I mean, that's why. <laughs> that That is why, you know, the welfare of children is not and has not been part of the equation when you're looking at minimizing the risk of the spread of covid no but if you're a parent you know this is bs it's not going to do anything and you're totally ticked off by it i understand there is a smaller group of people that are like finally we bring them back to keep the kids safe mm. and they buy into that but over it the cloth masks and the way kids wear masks it does way more harm than good so even politically, why are they doing that? It doesn't make sense.
No, I, I, I think it's. It, I, I really don't think there's a whole lot of political consideration. I think it's brainwashing, honestly. That's it. I, I do. Wow, man. I, I just think about different points in time. That was over a year ago, when even that doctor, what is it, Leanna Wynn? So we should never have been doing that. It was never good. Yeah. Remember her saying that? I think I have the clip, don't we? I think. Masks are not appropriate for this pandemic. It was, it's not appropriate for Omicron. It was not appropriate for Delta, Alpha, or any of the previous variants either. <laughs> but the thing is, they knew that before the pandemic, and Fauci knew that, and then flipped. Okay, I know we've been over this a hundred times. It just doesn't make sense. Okay, let's talk about America's youth and the mental health crisis. There's new research, David? Yeah, Georgetown University psychologist Yulia uh, Chensova-Dutton looked at uh, the resiliency, particularly of American college students, and is trying to sort of track back, like trace back what is it about America in particular that, you know, has created the snowflake generation, so to speak. I mean, th- this person doesn't put in those exact terms. I, I'm editorializing there. But this study is actually really interesting. They interviewed students from Turkey, Russia, Canada, and the United States, asking them to describe a risky or dangerous experience they've had in the last month. Both Turkish and Russian students described witnessing things like violent fights on public transportation, hazardous driving conditions caused by drunk drivers, women being aggressively followed on the street, things that I think most people would agree. Boy, that's kind of a scary situation. Absolutely. American students were far more likely to cite dangerous things that most adults do every day, like being alone outside or riding alone in an Uber. And the American students' risk threshold they say, uh, was comparatively quite low. Um, and part of this, what they think is, the students, were, uh, the students became independent sort of all at once, like 17, 18 years old, instead of having it be a gradual buildup. So you're sheltered, 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 suddenly you're supposed to be an adult. And it's not the kid's fault. It's not the 18-year-old's right. fault. It's that there's been the society that has put this premium on you can't be too careful instead of allowing kids to make their own mistakes, allowing kids to, well, screw up, quite frankly. You learn a lot from your yeah. failures, you know? Absolutely. And uh, and, and, and it really is, I, to me, again, kind of an indictment of of American society. And, and you see it really on display in the last three years with COVID. It's like yes. got to have the kids masked up all the time. I right. mean, we have just raised a generation of kids, and it's not every kid, and it may not even be a majority of kids, but there's a lot of kids who look at other people as nothing but disease vectors, and it's not safe. No. No, I mean, I got two different things going through my head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and this is all anecdotal as far as, you know, kids. Most of the kids, like that my kids would have been around, thought the mask stuff was insane. Most. Not all. Um, you know, and some prefer to keep the mask thing going fewer, but still the other thing that comes into my mind is, and you're raising a kid today and yes, they're coddled and what this study says, man, 17, 18, and then they're going to go make their mistakes. Depending you live in a city like Chicago, as opposed to a rural town. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot more dangers letting your kid out 
yeah. in a neighborhood. You see it all the time. How many kids, like in the city of Chicago, die every year? Yeah. Well, I, and I, I think it's important to note, too, that this study is, is uh, interviewing college students, which tend to be uh, more affluent than the Got average, it. you know, 18-year-old in America or anywhere in the world. Okay, so you're just talking about being babied more. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, speaking of colleges, Stanford, the new language initiative. Oh, we <laughs> got to get to that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is incredible, man. All right. So they're doing some serious work with something called the Eliminating Harmful Language Initiative. They started yeah. this back in May. And they have some words now that you really shouldn't use. Like one of them is don't say American. Because Why? American often refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. It is the most important country in the Americas. Yep. Sorry. What do you, it, the world doesn't collapse when Venezuela goes through another revolution. If America were to descend into all-out political chaos, it would have ramifications across the globe. It is, yeah. period. The whole apologizing for being America... Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Uh, immigrant should be non-citizen or person who has immigrated. Uh, don't say walk in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. No. No. All right, go ahead. How long is the list? Uh, got just a couple more here. Okay. Don't say walk in hours. Just say open hours to be more inclusive of people with disabilities. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. I've never heard of anyone being offended by that. Never. No. But some people look to be offended. Yeah. I was in a wheelchair. I loved walk-in hours. <laughs> That's right. You were I was. for a while. I was. Great. I don't have to get an appointment. Come on. <laughs> uh, don't say user. Say client because user can be negatively associated with those who suffer from substance abuse issues or from those who exploit others for their own gain. No one thinks in those terms. No. No. And then last but not least, the common phrase, beating a dead horse. Don't say that because it normalizes violence against animals. <laughs> what? I know. What? I've never heard that in my life. I've heard it, beating a dead horse, but I've never wanted to react by going and actually beating a horse to death. Well, no. no. But I, all I can think of now is <laughs> whipping migrants. <laughs> from law enforcement on horses. Right. And now don't even say beat a dead horse. What about dead dog tired? No. Okay. Oh, my gosh, you man. Dogs are crazy. dead. <laughs> of everything going on in the world, at Stanford, we've got to come up with this yes. because we're offending too many people. If we yes. could just solve this issue. You're getting it right from the horse's mouth. Yeah, of course. Jeez. Imagine, man, as a parent. Saved your money. Years and years and years. Yeah. Kids dream to go to Stanford being taught by these dopes. Okay. Uh, you might want to saw a horse if you say saw horse. <laughs> News update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I just happened to see an interesting little piece at Fox News about Democrats that went for DeSantis in Florida. DeSantis Democrats. Yeah. You see this piece yet? I did. It's interesting because it's talking about the reasons why Democrats left the party for Ron DeSantis. Um, and really, it just comes down to woke politics. That's it. 
So they talked to some people, and these people, these ex-Democrats, felt condescended to and abandoned. That makes sense. For everything, rising inflation, COVID lockdowns, to Democrats' intolerance for different viewpoints and embrace of identity politics. That gives you hope. I wonder why they didn't translate to other areas as big as it is in Florida, though. Maybe it's just the candidate. In some places it did, but I, I think yeah. there's candidates, and then I think there is also um, there's also the proof of what DeSantis has done and what yeah. has worked. That's very true. And when you have a guy who is willing to go out there and just say what he believes and then back up what he says, I mean, just, just the other day, he was saying, hey, you know what? We're not done yet. What we're going to do is we want to push for a law in Florida where if you are a member of a teacher's union— they cannot automatically deduct your union dues out of your paycheck. You got to write them a check every month. And the thing is, you know, you don't have to be a member of that union. Right. Not after the Janus decision a few years ago. You know, the other part of that. So if you're in Florida, not only are you getting national news, you're getting local news that has to cover the governor. And it yeah. gives him a chance to actually tell the truth to people. Think about all of the different pieces of information about covid that desantis ended up being correct on and he gets to remind people of that national media they're wrong about so many different things they just never call attention to it right i think that could be part of it too totally different story out there and if you're a parent you know this kids activities are expensive and apparently getting more expensive now this was wall street journal and they were talking about recitals in particular along with other things but they're talking about overall kids' performances are now upping the ante. So you go to your kids' dance recital. Yeah. I've been to them. Scott, I know you've been to them. Now they have VIP sections. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so you're a parent, and, you know, whether it's, you know, your wife, grandma, somebody, well, I want to I get the VIP. We want to be up close to see, right. you know, the girl perform. It's like 50 bucks to watch a dance recital. But you're already paying gobs of money for the kid to be in the dance class. My granddaughter's in competitive cheer. I paid $25 to get in to watch her routine. That competitive cheer thing you went to? Yep. That was 25, 25 bucks for bucks. Yep. Holy smokes. Man. Yeah, and, and she, I understand that like It's state... like three songs and they're done. Or actually two and a half. <laughs> We are getting to be old guys. I just said to my daughter, <laughs> bitching and moaning. Eric Clapton opening? What's going on here? $25 yeah. for about less than 10 minutes of entertainment. Wow. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's killing me, man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, where do you want to start? The story you just saw? Do you want well, to I, it, it, talk about no, the new border crisis well, strategy? We'll, wherever we'll, you want to go. We'll get that. I, I'll just, I want to, I'll, I'll start with this. Um, uh, there is some dude in Michigan 
Uh, I don't know if I can say what his handle is. It's like a he's, he's just telling jokes on Twitter for the most part. Okay. And he told one joke on Twitter where it's a picture of what appears to be a suicide vest. And he goes, if the IRS knocks at my door, I'm answering with this B on. Somebody reported him, and uh, I guess the feds are talking to him right now. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> they got, they, he's put up a picture where it's, the, it's printed out uh, that tweet and other tweets, and he's saying he's, he's basically live-tweeting the cops going over his digital footprint. And wow. He says he says this bleep does not look good on paper. <laughs> he goes, My digital footprint is terrifying. Then follows it up with do any ladies want a convicted felon? <laughs> oh my gosh. But that's kind well, of crazy. Honestly, to... dude, that's one of the things we've learned this week. The FBI has no sense of humor when it comes to joking oh, on Twitter. Oh good lord, no. Well somebody that... got shut down for joking on Twitter. Hey, here's the idea. And remember this. Oh, yeah. Republicans vote on Tuesday. Democrats on Wednesday. Right. An obvious old joke. Yeah. No, not to the FBI. They told Twitter, shut it down. Oh, and, 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 and this was, in some cases, a bipartisan thing, too, because there is a uh, liberal person who had uh, tweeted out a joke. She tweets out a lot of jokes. Uh, one of them was, I'm an election worker, and if you're a Republican, I'm not counting your vote. Just go somewhere else. And it was... It was a long string of jokes, mm-hmm. and the FBI was like, that's not funny. They're telling Twitter, they, shut it down. How would you like to be a stand-up comic in your gig as the FBI convention? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> You'd get drawn on so fast. Oh, yeah. Flop sweat just pouring off of you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This just jarred my memory of something else. You want to go in a different direction. We'll get to the border crisis strategy in a second. But you mentioned suicide vests, and that guy was joking. Yeah. Suicide is no joking matter in Canada right now. This is dude nuts. Dude. Okay. So Canada is expanding its human euthanasia program so the government can help you die if you're just a burden on their health care system. I mean, that's really one of the selling points is that we can get a lot of people off of the payroll essentially if we just tell them to kill themselves and of course there was a there's an investigation going on after a military veteran who's in a wheelchair was offered assisted suicide because she wanted a chairlift in her home well you know you could always just kill yourself that that's what a government representative from canada said and now they're expanding it to include people with mental health issues like depression and they don't feel like the drugs are working or whatever, and so you're just better off dead. And Canada's government's like, yep, sounds good to me. Uh, and this was targeted at young adults. Yeah. Kids. No, this, this is uh, from the Canadian Virtual Hospice. They have a kid's activity book. A kid's. You're talking about targeting ages 6 to 12 to help explain assisted suicide. Not it's not telling them that they're eligible for it. You have to be 18. Got it. But it is normalizing this idea that if you just can't quite get out of a funk, ah, just let the government kill you. It is the medical assistance and dying activity book. Yeah. yeah. And so here are some of the examples out of the uh, out of this activity book. Again, for kids as kids as young as six. 
well, uh, who can have this medical, they call it MAID, but it's medical assistance in dying because that sounds better than just letting the government kill you. Well, liberals uh, are great at that, making it sound good. Yeah. Gender-affirming well, care. Yeah. And they write, well, a person who has a serious illness or disability that hurts their body or mind so much that it feels too hard to keep living, that's who gets made. Uh, it also gives wow. a handy guide. And you're, you're, it's like in kid-style font, you're like, you know, the, the like Comic Sans kind yeah. of stuff? Yes. Yeah. It is some dystopian stuff here. Uh, it explains how it works. Like, first, the, the first medicine makes the person feel very relaxed and fall asleep. They may yawn or snore or mumble. See, it's nice. The second okay, medicine... I want to paint the picture right now for the look on Robin's face. Oh. Like, you can't believe where you are right now hearing this no, is reality. No, a yeah. kid's book. Okay. Yeah. Second medicine causes a, quote-unquote, a coma. A coma looks like sleep, but is much deeper than regular sleep. The person will not wake up or be bothered by noise or touch. The third medicine makes the person's lungs stop breathing, and then their heart stops beating. Because of the coma, the person does not notice this happening, and, all in bold, it does not hurt. When their heart and lungs stop working, their body dies. It will not start working again. This often happens in just a few minutes, but sometimes it can take hours. Oh. Like this. Like, gather around, six-year-old nephew. We're going to talk about how your uncle's killing himself. This is crazy. Yes. Hey, do you remember what it was like to have someone you knew, like a relative, die when you were under the age of 12? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's almost like this disbelief, and you're asking right. the adults, isn't there anything they can do? Right. You know, couldn't they take, you know, whatever body part out of somebody else and put it in this person? Isn't right. there any way? Right. And you then, don't understand that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and don't bother trying to change someone's mind either. This is on, again, this is uh, a dying activity book. Okay. Uh, could I change their mind is one of the frequently asked questions. As much as other people want to change their mind, the person who is choosing made probably wishes just as strongly that they could change their illness or condition and how it's affecting their life. When someone decides to ask for this, though, it is usually after thinking very carefully and having very hard feelings for a long time. They may feel that nothing will change their mind because there is nothing that can help their body or their suffering get better. And there's a yeah. worksheet to fill out about how you can help it help make it easier for someone to kill themselves. Okay, so... Let's say, as an example, you have someone that's coming off some medication and they're suicidal. This seems like <laughs> Canadian Health is saying, well, yeah, they may decide at that time they would be better off dead. And we want to help them with that. Yeah. No, you're withdrawing from the drug that you were on for whatever reason. And as a little kid... Being told you can't change their mind, that puts a 10-year-old into another sphere. Well, yeah. if I talk to them, I could change their mind. It's the scenario you set up, David, talking to somebody's uncle. Why do you want to die? You don't want to die? I won't see anymore. And, and the whole Holy thing... Holy crap, man. The whole thing actually makes it so, or is positioned to say that if you are a little kid and you don't want someone to off themselves, um, that, well, that's that's... That's not your decision, and it's kind of selfish if you want them to live. It's 
crazy. Yeah, yeah. Good there night. are people in this country that advocate for the same thing, though, all the time. Yeah, it, and if you put it in a children's book, you know damn good and well we'd have uh, we'd have the the uh, the transvestites uh, reading it in schools. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and it, it's it's one of those things, man. You talk about a slippery slope. This whole assisted suicide thing is not a slippery slope. They just, I mean, no. pardon the phrase, but they jumped off a cliff. They, I mean, it, it really was just a straight drop, wasn't it? Because it went from, and I yes. can understand, I, you know, I, I, we talked about this years ago. I remember. Because Oregon and Washington yep. were, were going through with this kind of S- stuff. and specific lady going through a terminal disease. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, could, I could wrap my head around and understand if there was somebody who, there is absolutely no hope for them to survive. They've got terminal cancer, they're going to die, and they would rather go out on their own terms and they want to make sure that it's not a mess. They want to make sure that they can do it with some closure for family members and things like that. In those very limited circumstances, I could wrap my head around it. I'm conflicted by it personally from a moral standpoint, but I can understand it. Yeah, I in the end I didn't agree with it, but I could understand the thought. What this? What Canada's doing and normalizing well, yeah. suicide for kids is crazy. I mean, we as a family had to do this. Um, my dad had traumatic brain injury; was never going to wake up ever. Well, you're just talking about pulling the plug, not a suicide. Even then, though, no, no, no. Uh, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. is how tough that decision. Oh, is. sure. I mean, that's sure. brutal. That's agonizing, man. Of course, yes. You know, when you you see it for yourself that there's no way this gets better. It can't. It won't. Then you have a decision to make, right? I mean, you know, and that's a hell of a thing. That's hard to do. Yes. But when the person's choosing. Was was telling, yeah, if they're telling you, yeah, I'm ready to offer. Jeez, man. Well, I'm thinking, man, okay, all of our thoughts go in different directions. One of mine is how many different stories have we seen either books turned into movies of you have some adult that's suicidal or whatever and comes across some kid and the kid sort of gives them a reason to live and they turn their life around. We love those stories. It's this redemptive thing. And in Canada, they're telling the kids, don't even try to change their mind. Yep. Don't give them a purpose. Well, if that were not them off themselves, the plug may very well be pulled on me. Oh, you weren't that close. Close enough for rock and roll. No, you were never at that point. Okay. No, no, I no, no. I couldn't no. make the decision myself anyway. Oh, well, no, no. And you're, Scott's referring to the heart attacks from 2015. Yeah. No, we were all waiting for you to wake up from the coma. But it, there was no sign that you were completely gone as far as your brain or anything else or wouldn't survive without it. It wasn't to that. Well, or at least if it was, they never told me. I got a better brain. Because I would have told him, shoot, his name's still on the show. Yeah, I can't have that. I can't you change can't logos that. now. No. It's a big cost. Cost effective, no. man. All right, David, what is the new border crisis strategy? Oh, well, what you're going to start seeing is the full court press now of the Biden administration to say uh, we need amnesty for people here illegally to combat inflation. Because one of the reasons you have higher prices is because you have a labor shortage, which means theoretically wages go up, uh, even if they're not keeping pace with the cost of things. But businesses are having to recruit more and more expensive talent. So let's just expand the talent pool by encouraging illegal immigration, give people a pathway to citizenship, and boom, inflation solved. No, we just had the report earlier. We have too many body or too many able-bodied men not working. That's why there's a shortage because of government benefits. 
that's not someone that can't because of injury. That's able-bodied people that are not working because it's dis, they're disadvantaged by working. They'll make less money if they work. That's insane. There's no incentive to work. I, I you know, I heard that figure. And what are they claiming disability? No. They're no. just unemployed. No, because part of the Inflation Reduction Act actually expanded, uh, like, health care subsidies and things like that that were passed in the American Rescue Plan uh, for another few years. So okay. a lot of the benefits that were given out, the the, the payout that, that went along with the American Rescue Plan just got rolled into the Inflation Reduction Act, which ironically makes inflation worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's so frustrating because it makes no sense. Okay. Man, it's really something, watching all of this all at one time. Another story that we got to get to, and I don't think a lot of people will be surprised by this. A lot of hospitals get big drug discounts, okay? So they pass that along for the patients, right? Wrong! No, you pay for it still. We'll get to that much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. See uh, in the press release yesterday, the Drug Enforcement Administration said it had seized some 50.6 million fake prescription pills laced with fentanyl, Dang. along with more than 10,000 pounds of fentanyl powder. We still got two weeks left in the year. That's enough fentanyl to kill every single American. That's what they've seized this year. And then some. That's crazy. Holy smokes. It's not loving to not have open borders. <laughs> the cartel is running the entire thing at the border right now. You know, that's the thing. It's crazy. What about those children who died of fentanyl overdoses? Uh, what about American, those children? American media doesn't pay attention to those. We just don't. He's pathetic. What was the one drug story you had out of Colorado, David? Oh, yeah. It's the- like. It was the Boulder Main Library. It was closed uh, earlier this week for environmental testing after meth residue was found in the air ducts of six bathrooms. People coming in, smoking yeah, meth. smoking meth. Yep. Yeah. And it wound up getting into the air system. And, uh, yeah, uh, there was – now, the test of the restroom air ducts were voluntarily done after a spike in reports of people smoking meth in public restrooms over the last month or so. You mean they weren't there to check out Tropic of Capricorn? Or? No, 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 they were <laughs> oh, there to okay. smoke meth <laughs> oh, and <got> probably <laughs> watch porn. Got it. And yeah, you can watch porn there too. Yeah. <laughs> you said that like so hopefully. Well, no, I mean you know it's <laughs> yeah, it's something I you, found you hear, out. You hear about this all the time. Kids in the kids in there. A guy's got the big stick and reading the newspaper, and there's some guy watching porn next to him on a computer. In the bathroom. In the library. Okay. I don't even want to ask any more questions. I don't know that personally, if that's what you're asking. No, you, you say it a big stick. I don't even know what you mean. I'm looking at this you other story. You know what right it now. means. The paper's on the big, long I, sticks. Yeah. You know what I mean. I honestly did not know what you meant. Okay, and you know what I mean now. Paper's on a big, long stick. They had the big, long things through. Yeah, Those... It's like an old thing. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know that they do it anymore. At least at my okay. local library, they don't, they don't do that anymore. But they used okay. to do that. Like with the New York Times or the major yeah, newspapers, you, you have newspapers. one. Yeah, and you don't. Ha- you have the stick that keeps them from getting crumpled up or now stolen. I remember seeing yeah. pictures of those. I don't think I ever saw one in person. <laughs> Sorry, you just don't go to the library enough, sir. Nope, that's that's <laughs> true. Okay. 
That's true. Uh, oh, the other thing I was going to mention real quick and say this, it is a long piece. <laughs> Wall Street Journal, like when they do the investigative stuff, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, the big headline was this. Many hospitals do get big drug discounts, but that doesn't mean the markdowns are for patients. And through this government program that was aimed at helping low-income patients, some hospitals buy medications at reduced prices. They can sell them to patients for a whole lot more, though, and that's what they do mm -hmm. oftentimes. But they say, yeah, but, but it helps pay for these other services that we give to these people. Right. Right. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day is what? Reading paper on a stick? <laughs> well, we could use some reading in Congress because they're they're going full steam ahead to pass this massive spending bill to keep the government open and, uh, you know, whatever. Forty-five more billion dollars to Ukraine. And uh, President Zelensky is currently meeting with uh, President Biden now. He's in America. But uh, it's unbelievable what else is in that bill. Oh, yeah. I mean, from the Michelle Obama trail to all of the LGBTQ plus centers, the Ukraine, what is it, Freedom Park in yeah. D.C.? Yeah. I got something dandy that you'll find in that bill coming up in the three, by the way, which I haven't heard anybody talk about yet. Oh, the Scott Robbins trifecta on the way. And a news update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, we talk about the frustration a lot, whether it's the border, it's more money to Ukraine, it's everything in this spending package. We could go down the list over and over and over. I saw this piece talking about what can regular people do to take back their country from woke radicals. And at least for me, just speaking for me, you get all this information, you see what's going on. It's almost hard to articulate how crazy things are. And just to tell people all the time, yeah, it's crazy, all these things that are happening. It doesn't do it justice. But you have this sense there are so many like-minded people that have the same thought and are wondering, how are we going to save the country? So John Daniel Davidson, who writes for The Federalist and other places, I think, had this piece, and it resonated. But it's not what a lot of people want to hear, I think. All and right. he says that, too. Uh, as he writes, yeah, there's a feeling of helplessness many people feel about the direction of the country. Um, and let's be honest, the collapse of Western civilization that's now well underway. And yes, easy to get frustrated after an election cycle like the one we just had, which Republican leaders thoroughly botched it and left things more or less where they were before the voting in a lot of places. So there's an answer to this question, but you're not going to like it. The plain truth is you're going to have to save this country yourselves. Donald Trump isn't going to save it. Ron DeSantis isn't going to save it. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that a GOP majority in Congress is going to save it. By all means, keep voting. Make your voices heard. But salvation won't come from D.C. If America is going to be saved, or even just parts of it are to be saved, then ordinary men and women, God-fearing patriots all across the country, are going to have to do it themselves one town at a time. And they'll have to do it the old-fashioned and unglamorous way by taking over local institutions of civic life, organizing and winning elections for city council and school board, finding reliable and competent people willing to be candidates and staff and volunteers. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. What have we been saying? 
for a long time. Get in the school boards now. Well, do it now. Take control. The the push, <clears throat> excuse me, the pushback I have to him saying it was a disappointing election cycle is that on the on the micro level, if you're conservative, it was not a disappointing midterm cycle. When you're talking about no. your school board, when you're talking about your city council races, things like that, it was really good. Conservatives yes. turned up and turned out. I think he knows that. I think he's saying the people yeah. that feel like the country's lost right. because you're seeing all the national stories. Oh, gotcha. So to try to take the country back, it and he'll he goes on right. to say it's not going to be in the cities. No, too far gone. Right. Um, so it's going to be a long, thankless slog. But there's no other way. Neither is there any guarantee of success. He said, "I speak here of only towns and suburbs, not of cities. Many of which have become unlivable after decades of failed Democrat governance and leftist policies." Conservatives who can manage it should move to places where they can join with other like-minded Americans and take back their communities and instill a civic culture that reflects their beliefs. 100% agree. County by county. Yes. Yep. I think that's why you're going to get a lot of votes the next time you run for school board, Scott. I think a lot of people appreciate it. Darn right I will. You're not running for school no, board. No, I'm not going to run for anything. <laughs> no, I, you know. Maybe this guy will talk you into it. I'll advocate for people. Um. Well, he says we got into this situation through passivity. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, you you get you feel like you're not powered. You have no power. No. It's just things are just coming at you 100 miles an hour, and you just throw well, your hands up at some point and say, "I can't." That's the way it feels. Now his point is, this has been going on for a long time, and now you're really feeling the effect. Yeah, you are. He said for decades, conservatives did nothing while the left marched through academia then kept right on marching down from their ivory tower and into the public square, into schools, the libraries, corporate boardrooms, local police, fire departments, even the churches. A lot of those people have radical views far outside the American mainstream, but nevertheless control all our institutions. If you want them back, you have to take them back post by post. And it's not the kind of thing the right likes to hear. By temperament and principle, conservatives would rather be left alone to run their businesses, raise their families, worship in their churches, and build up their charities and local communities. And this is true, too, I think. Unlike liberals and leftists, they tend not to be ideologues. They're not trying to fundamentally change the country. They mostly want to be left alone. That's it. That's really pretty true. But he's saying you can't do that anymore. Well, no. the, if you're going to save it. Yeah, I think the, the passivity really comes into light like with a lot of the cultural stuff that we've seen there are too many people who believed it when the far left fringy types started screeching about how you were racist or homophobic or whatever they believed it they believed the criticism and mm -hmm. i think we are actually getting to the point now that, i mean to me it's almost too late anyway but we're getting to the point now where like that update with the we spa guy uh just to set that story up real quick this is a, a guy who claimed he identified as a woman who walked around in a uh, fully naked, partially erect in front of several women and a minor. And Poor girl. It, yeah, and he identified as a woman, and he's been on the run now because he's actually a twice convicted sex offender. The left actually defended that. And I think there are a lot of people, they hear that story and they're like, well, wait, why were we having this conversation about how it's so transphobic to ask that that guy not go into that women's changing room or that spa area for women only? You know, the left, I think, is getting to a point where they are playing their hand or they're overplaying the hand that they have. And so now you have no choice but to get involved in what's happening in our culture. Yes.
Absolutely. It's well said. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. You can't bring up that story without me hearing in my head the lady that complained. Because had she not complained and put that video out there and Annie No actually reported it, we would never have known it even happened. Right. I wonder how many times it's happened in places that it never got reported. But she went up and remember the person behind the counter. Um, What? It's our policy. It's our or policy. Whatever. Yeah. You know, if you claim you're a woman, it doesn't matter. You shower with the women. You're in the hot tub with the women. Then that woman wasn't having it. Uh, no, no. The lady it. complaining. No. But sexual orientation. I see a d <laughs> It lets me know he's a man. He is a man. He is not no female. Yeah. And then she said something very harmful, but true for so many of us. There's no such thing as transgender. He has a d <laughs> Okay. He has a penis. He has penis is hanging out. Yes. And that means he's a man. That's just it. I have a right to feel comfortable yes. without a man yes. exposing himself, okay? No, you go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Love it. Still haven't found where that lady is. I think even Tucker Carlson did an update on this, too, on that story. Like, yeah, everybody wants to know, who is that lady? Because she's like a hero to people. Yeah, he wanted to bring her on the show. Can't find her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's probably afraid of the mob. I'm sure she is. Are right, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's roll. All right, let's roll. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three of the day. Always at this time and always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hi, buddy. Okay. Christmas party at Casey's this weekend. Yes. All right, good. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Three. Number three, you say Nike wants a playground for sexual predators. What? Well, this is quite the story. Uh, Nike headquarters is, quote, an unsupervised playground for male executives who would get sloppy drunk and sexually harass female employees. Now, this is according to a four-year-old complaint that was just now unsealed as part of a lawsuit against Nike. Hmm. Their CEO, Mark Palmer apparently ignored his female employees' complaints. He's, by the way, since resigned as the CEO. Yeah, his name is still... Palmer. What's that? He earned his... his name. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes this thing is so sophomore, I love it. Um, he resigned as the CEO in 2020. He still serves on the board, though. The allegations include the company acting as a boys' club, quote, post, quote, where women were told to, hey, Hey, darling, dress sexier. Show some skin for crying out loud. It's like Mad Men in there. Uh, another woman claims to have walked into a campus gymnasium to find a senior staff member receiving from a female subordinate in plain view yeah. of everyone who walked in. Whoa. She said, I twice reported bullying by a senior VP and HR said they would take care of it. We're coaching them to do better. Added that she saved copies of emails, gave them to HR, which were ultimately never addressed. She said, I have friends who have reported bullying. No action was ever taken except, hey, we'll talk to them about it. After all that, you got to wonder if the talk consisted of, hey, buddy, how about that? Wow. So this is an ongoing uh, investigation that will continue. Yeah. And... Uh, the actual response from the executives was, hey, you should smile more. Lighten up. Right. Where's my coffee? Right. Is that what they said? Because I read a different story. They said, just do it. 
<laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Oh, they're just reading the logo, Jamie. They weren't. Okay. Oh, got it. it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Uh, number two. Why are we still funding the Wuhan lab? Boy, that is a damn good question, isn't it? I didn't see this one coming. How many uh, people in America even know that? I best most Americans don't know this either. Jeez. The argument for funding a lot of these biolabs around the world has always kind of been weak, but uh, countries we can have some level of trust are easily able to afford their own biolabs. They don't need our money, but we're giving it to them anyway. The funding for these labs is part of the omnibus bill. So we will continue Gosh. to fund research in Wuhan. <laughs> it's amazing. It's been going on, and most people don't even know it. And no. again, and, and what has Fauci ever said? Well, don't be accusatory toward China. They're yeah. pros. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Then how did it happen? Why are we funding any gain-of-function research anywhere Shouldn't other be. than here? Shouldn't be. Yeah, Why are we doing this? Does anybody not care? Does anybody not remember the last two and a half freaking years? Now, on with the countdown. God, that makes me mad. <laughs> I know. Here's, here's two million more dollars. Keep funding that gain of function. We like it. I think what we're going to try to do in 2023 because of your high blood pressure issues yeah. is actually have a monitor on just so we know. <laughs> it might be fun, to, actually. It, it really would be. Yeah. And I think it might help because people ready? are very concerned. Yeah. Okay. You ready for... The top dog? One. Yeah. Okay. Go. Number one, uh, Republican Senator Josh Hawley said that men should ditch porn and get a life, and liberals yeah. who love porn and have no life outside of social media got upset. <laughs> Again, this is just how wacky the world is right now, right? So Josh Hawley's at Turning Point USA and makes, uh, now according to the liberal media, one of the cringiest moments. Josh Hawley told uh, all the men in the audience that porn can't hold a candle to a genuine relationship with a woman. I saw the clip. Why was that cringy? Because it was. Okay. Because he's not. Who is he to tell men how to behave and act? Who is he? Uh, somebody that's been around, that's experienced life, that understands these things. Then there was a picture of him kissing his wife, which did look awkward from the photo. But it's like you can tell this guy's a real, you know, love machine. No. I mean, the amount of people who get deeply offended by someone who makes fun of porn is is sad. When you're talking about if you're actually wanting to be the party of science and follow the science, I mean, especially when you're talking about younger men, excuse me, like teenage men or even preteen boys, porn consumption is very damaging. It rewires the brain. It's not it's not good. No. Somebody said this is really creepy coming from a U.S. senator. Well, why is it creepy? Why? Why because is they it don't creepy? like the message. Right. Well, they, they don't. Because they want everybody to be addicted and lonely like they are. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's so weird that it's like this loving thing for the presidents of the United States to say, yes, uh, teenagers should be put on hormone blo- or uh, puberty blockers and <laughs> right. have their genitals mutilated that's normal and loving Mm -hmm. but if you criticize pornography that's creepy and cringy yeah yeah the people that complain yeah weird that people push back on a guy says hey you know watching porn's not really a good idea well they got one hand on the phone and the other there you have it (laughs) yeah 
How dare you make fun of me like that? You're making me feel bad about myself. I have a girlfriend in Canada. She's super hot. They're on vacation with my family. I just hit the screensaver. It looks like I'm in Italy. News update straight ahead and Nimrod's in the news coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. So uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is in Washington, D.C., now meeting with uh, President Biden. Uh, We have potentially a little preview of what he is going to say to Congress during a primetime address. Uh, Because he made a video. He's very good at making videos. By the way, he showed up in the usual uniform. You know, you got the, the... uh, the cargo pants and the uh, little simple sweater. Yeah. Yeah, because he's playing a part. He's an actor. That's, you know, um, and that's what he's very good at. He's good at fundraising. Yep. And uh, a video that they put out showed him getting a Ukrainian flag from one of the most uh, hardest hit areas of Ukraine uh, during this Russian invasion and had a bunch of people sign the flag, and he's going to give that to Joe Biden. And in this video, he says, quote, uh, the guys handed over our beautiful Ukrainian flag. The enemy is increasing its army. Our uh, people are braver and need more powerful weapons. We will pass it on from the boys to Congress to the president. Uh, We are grateful for their support, but it's not enough. It's a hint. It's not enough. We have committed more than $60 billion to to, to your country. And wow. another $45 billion is on the way, and Joe Biden is sending you more advanced weapon systems. Up yours, dude. What the hell? Got more on that later. Gosh. All right. We got to get the Nimrods. Wow. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod to the news. Uh, we go to Miami, to the airport, and I'm I'm looking at the video footage of it right now. This crazy scene plays out yesterday. This woman going nuts on the American Airlines staff in the middle of this crowded gate area. And it's all because her kids walked away from her and she doesn't know where they are. And so she picks up this computer monitor and throws it at this dude that Whoa. works for American Airlines. It hits him on part of the shoulder. He actually remains cool through the whole thing. She is eventually arrested and should be arrested for wearing those pants. She doesn't fit in those, and that's Nick <laughs> in the news.